Most people are looking to find their other half, their soulmate. This, ironically, is a very Jewish concept, the idea of beshert. But of course, it's easier said than done. Our guest today brings a new solution to this issue for the Messianic Jewish community. Today, we'll take a closer look at Messianic Jewish matchmaking. Messiah Podcast is brought to you by First Fruits of Zion, reconciling disciples with God's prophetic promises to Israel. Put your hand and mind together. We will walk in harmony. Let me introduce you to my teacher, the rabbi from the Galilee. Welcome back, friends, to Season 3 of Messiah Podcast, where Jesus is Jewish, and that changes everything. You know, I've been thinking, um, I'd really love to connect more with our listeners and hear how Jesus being Jewish has changed everything for you. Jacob, wouldn't you like to hear some of those stories? I love stories. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is it is it is life-changing. And for, for those, you know, maybe you're listening to the podcast and you haven't, like, you're not on the train yet and you haven't figured out that Jesus being Jewish changed everything. Um, but <laughs> let, me t- let me tell you. It's like a whole new world opens. Like the Bible finally makes sense, and like yep. you, it just it just becomes so much more like real and tangible. And um, yeah, and yeah, we would love to hear from from anyone out there who's just like who had their mind blown um, by by finally seeing the Jewish Jesus. Yeah, exactly. If you're listening and you're learning about how Yeshua, about how Jesus in his original Jewish context has changed everything for you, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, You can email us at podcast at ffoz.org and tell us your stories. And we're going to read some of them out on future episodes of the podcast. Can't wait to hear from you guys. Jacob. (laughs) Hineni. Well, we haven't been working together that long, but I do remember meeting you about 11 or so years ago. Do you remember that? At a Messianic... Young Adults Conference. Yeah, yeah. So it was called Kabetza Esrim, which I think is Hebrew for mm-hmm. let's get all the 20-somethings together. This was... Um, <laughs> it's exactly... This, this, is, yeah. this is probably actually relevant to the <laughs> um, the topic today because we're talking about Messina Jewish matchmaking. It was odd for me because I'm not Jewish. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. So, so I felt a little bit that. out of place. Like the icebreaker stuff that they were doing is like, what's your favorite? Like, you do you prefer matzo ball soup this way or that way? And I'm like, I never know what the heck these people are talking I don't know. about. You know? I, um, so I was so definitely a fish out of water. But I do remember that. Yeah. All right. Great. But I remember your wife was with you, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, obviously, because we're still so young. Uh-huh. Did you get married in middle school or something? Like, what happened? No. What went down? I was sort of, I was, um. so how did I, uh, I graduated from college with a bachelor's degree when I was 20. Okay. Gotcha. So I was a wow. little bit of, uh, um, when, it, when, when it came to like the schedule of my life, I was a little bit of an early bloomer. Mm-hmm. So after I graduated from college, I spent a couple of months in Japan helping a little church plant out there. And then I came back and I didn't really know what to do with myself. So I just started working at like a YMCA camp. Okay, fair. And and um, I think I was 23 and my boss was like, hey, my cousin doesn't eat pork either. Oh, and she's coming, she's coming to here to like to the camp to, to, to like train you 
how to better um, serve your constituency, you know, the fifth graders that come right. to, to learn about uh, nature and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, I don't, I didn't know there were other people out there that were trying to do some Leviticus. And, yeah, uh, wow. Um, and so, you know, we met and we sort of hit it off and um, we, we, we were, we were married within the year. Wow. Okay. And um, we, and within the next year, we had a little tiny baby. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, I had like the opposite experience before I got married. I was like single for a hundred years and then I just got married in, uh, in 2021 actually. Oh, congratulations. But it wasn't for a lack of, thank you. It wasn't for a lack of trying. I definitely could have used, uh, some help from our guest <laughs> who we are going to be interviewing. But uh, by that point, I mean, I was 29 and I couldn't believe that that's where I was, you know, and I remember mm. thinking back to the Chabad I used to go to in, in college and, and there, the Rebbitson telling me, yeah, so when you turn 18, we just, I mean, your friends and your family, they basically just have a list for you of eligible matches, people that they think you'd be interested in meeting and, and might be a good match there for you. you. And I thought, man, I wish we did that in the Messianic Jewish world. Mm-hmm. And apparently we do. Nice. So without further ado, our guest today is Rabbi Aaron Alsbrook. He and his wife, Brooke, are the founders and directors of The Messianic Matchmaker. It's an idea it's whose one time including has, with it's been a long time I coming. It's been Messianic Judaism like, in its current which, form since okay, I know, the 60s. I know. Right, right. And it's just, just by blind luck, it's still here. <laughs> now we're, we're finally going to... We're finally going to have like a system to this thing. Absolutely. All right. He's he's going to tell us all about it after the break. I, I was homeschooled, so um, I have a high school over you. Oh, there you go. Maybe don't every day. Maybe don't go to that one. Okay. <laughs> I love it. If you want to know the Jewish Jesus, don't miss out on a free subscription to Messiah Magazine, where you'll discover his life and teaching, learn about the biblical festivals, and get connected with Israel. Subscribe for free at messiahmagazine.org. Messiah Magazine is a free, donation-supported quarterly publication of First Fruits of Zion. Well, I am delighted to introduce our guest this week on Messiah Podcast, Rabbi Aaron Alsbrook from Ohev Israel in Virginia. First of all, welcome. It's really great to have you here. And I'm so glad someone's finally doing something about this issue. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, as you said, my name is Rabbi Aaron Alsbrook. I'm the senior leader at Ohev Israel in Springfield, Virginia. I've been here for about five years. I have a wonderful wife. I've been married for almost 11 years. And we have four little ones uh, currently not in the house, making this podcast thus possible. Ah, uh, I understand. Yes, yes. yes you do. <laughs> And we were set up uh, by somebody, like I said, well, it would have been 13, almost 13 years ago, we were set up. And obviously a huge blessing because frankly, for me, it was um, traveled all throughout the States, even in Israel, I'm like, I couldn't find the right person. Hmm. And it took someone to say, hey, he met my wife and now my wife. And he said, I think you should meet somebody. And so we met and he was right. And then I found out after we were got engaged, and he said, well, we were set up too. So after, this was a few years ago, watching Stiesel on Netflix and the All character right. Königsberg, I thought, why can't 
we do this. It's a Jewish practice going back millennia. Mm-hmm. Right. Why are we the only ones not doing it? Exactly. And uh, so I thought, let's get this off the ground. And I had a friend at the congregation help us because I wanted to make sure it was official and mm-hmm. you know, go yeah. through all the legal channels and it got it off the ground. And uh, here we are. And actually, I'd, I have uh, somebody who just got engaged, whom we put together. Uh, they got ah. engaged a few days ago. So mazel very exciting. Yeah. That's great. Very, very exciting. Big mazel tov to that couple. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. Find me a find, catch me a catch. So tell our listeners, I mean, we have a lot, we have listeners from all kinds of different backgrounds. Tell, tell us a little bit about just the basics of this. What is, what is a matchmaker? What do you do? Why is it important? The, the visionary philosophy behind it is that people match people, not algorithms. Mm. And people know people. And the fact, at the end of the day, is a relationship is people. And so we want to use people to make matches of people. We, the original vision was uh, to provide a place for Jewish people and who believers in Yeshua to find someone just like them, another Jewish person who believes yes. in Yeshua. Mm-hmm. For me, it was very important. And it was difficult. And even for my for my wife, when she first became a believer, her grandparents said to her, you'll never find another Jewish man who believes like you. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were, thank God, they were actually at our wedding. And oh, they got to see it lovely. in yeah. front of their eyes. And uh, it was very special. Because I know for many people, I believe it's on their heart to find such a person. But it's just challenging. And so then... Sometimes they give up hope or they don't know what to do and they go on websites and it just it's just difficult. So we wanted to find a place where people sign up with us. They fill out a brief profile so we can get to, you know, kind of have a, uh, a template uh, or a, a platform on which we can have a conversation. Mm-hmm. We get to know them. It's a conversation. It's, it's, you know, just like you're talking. It's like, hey, tell me a little about yourself. What do you like? What do you not like? Tell me about your background. Tell me about your, what you're looking for. We get a picture. Um mm-hmm. And then we just look around with the other people we have saying, I think they could be a good match. And then we say, would you like to meet so-and-so? And so-and-so says, yes, I would. And then we go to the other person. Would you like to meet this person? Okay. And then we just we make an introduction. Right. And they get to meet. Uh, we have people from uh, all over uh, Europe, Israel, South America, or Central America, um, and all throughout the States. And right. so, admittedly, we it'd be nice if we had people, a lot of people in you know one state, a lot of people in another state. But sometimes it's just you're meeting somebody who's crossed different states. But if it weren't for us, you mm-hmm. wouldn't have met them. Yeah, right. Exactly. So we provide a bridge. If you know, some people said, "I don't want to do long distance." Like, okay, well, I understand. <laughs> yeah, buy a, buy a plane ticket and. Uh- that's right. So I distance. did. That's right. Exactly. I, I look. I moved when I met my wife. I was not living in the same state, and then I said. I want to be with you. So I moved into this tiny apartment in New York and did the whole New York thing where I lived, worked multiple jobs just to improve myself and, yeah. you know, lived in an apartment that was about the size of my bedroom now. Oh, no. and, but I did it. Kicking <laughs> rats on a subway. <laughs> <laughs> Change, literally changing my clothes in my car as I went to different jobs. Oh, yeah. That was, uh, but I did it to get my wife and. I got her. Right. When my husband and I, I mean, we met long before, but we were also the result of a, of a shidduch, of a match, of a matchmake. And, um, you know, it was, 
very beginning of COVID, I was living in California. He was living in DC. Oh my gosh. And I got on a plane in May 2020 when like people were literally wearing hazmat suits. I saw like five hazmat suits at the airport. I was wearing two gloves, two masks, hand sanitizer in each pocket, you know, (laughs) no one knew what was going on. And I'm like, well, I'm just, we're just going to make this work. And (laughs) so, yeah, not everything's going to be the most ideal situation. And there's going to need to be some some shifting of priorities and maybe even location in order to make something like that work. Totally. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Well, it's Galut, right? I mean, it's exile. This is the situation. It is. The, the, the Jewish people mm-hmm. are dispersed. Yeah, right? It's absolutely correct, honestly. And if we want to, any chance of bringing things back to uh, <laughs> back together, just got to go out and find each other. That's right. We, we want to be that bridge. And we also bridge between networks. So say you have a bunch mm. of singles in one network and then you have other singles in another network, then we're that bridge. And we have the support of all the big networks uh, in the States, which is great. Um, so this has been and another, it's interesting as we've been talking about this with a lot of other people, as they said, well, we had this vision too, but we just never did anything about it. Mm-hmm. We wanted to do something about it, but we never got off the ground. Or I tried something small, but again, what we, we, I contact before we got this thing going. Contacted all the big networks. Do would you support us? Uh, would you write us something? And would you share with amongst your congregations the people you know? Mm-hmm. So that what makes it really neat. And also there's the fact of of Jewish people in churches, and you know some of them still have a desire to meet another Jewish follower of Yeshua. Right. So that we provide that opportunity for them. Now, just to clarify that when you say networks, are you talking about the congregational organizations like UMJC, MJAA? That's right. Okay. Yeah, we have those two, Tikkun, Jews for Jesus, mm-hmm. Chosen People. Um, yeah, so those five, oh, and even Jewish Voice. So ministry circles as well as congregational mm-hmm. um, organizations. And then, of course, mm-hmm. there's other Jewish people in churches. That's right. Yeah, bridging those gaps is... <laughs> Is huge because for people who aren't necessarily familiar with this uh, culture, you know, the UMJC has their conference and MJAA has their conference and Takoon does their thing where they do their thing. And and then the ministries, you know, all sort of are are focused on what they're doing. And, and there's not a lot of intersection between people. That's right. Yeah. And we wanted to help bridge that. Oh, I love that. We need more of that, even on the, even without the basis of the matchmaking. Um, yeah. If we could do that with even more things, that would be fantastic. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. We need we need like a we need like a friends making. A like friends making. Yes. Just, you know, <laughs> exactly. You, you don't have to get married, but you can just <laughs> you go have, have coffee with with some some buddies. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> well, may this be the beginning of all sorts of connections <laughs> to be had in the yeah. future. I love that. That's good. Okay, well, about the matchmaking itself, this is, you know, obviously, uh, you're the first to make it more of an official thing in the Messianic Jewish world. But this is, you're not the first one to have this idea about a shidduch, right? So this is no. an, an ancient word, an ancient concept. Tell us a little bit about what a shidduch is. Maybe many of our listeners are not familiar with the term. Can you explain what it is, how it's used? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. You know, we see it all the way back going to the origins of of Israel to the Jewish people uh, where Abraham says, I need to get a wife for Isaac. Mm. And so he doesn't look amongst the, the, the Canaanites where he's living. He tells his servant Eliezer, he says, go home mm. and go find, go find me a wife for my, do- my son. 
um, mm-hmm. amongst my people. And he does. And he finds yeah. her, finds him a wife. Um, and then even Jacob, next generation, is that when he's runs away from his brother who wants to murder him, yeah. he goes back home, same place, and he says, okay, I should marry one of my own. Um, and it, this this tradition has, has continued uh, for, for centuries. Um, it is not now there are different seasons, and one this is we're not advocating necessarily for arranged marriages, and still some communities mm-hmm. do today. Although I'm sure the practice existed in in ancient Jewish world, and some still within uh, today's Jewry. Mm. Uh, but what we are saying is that essentially is that there was a profession, a shadchan, yes, who would would know the community, know the families, would know the people, and would say, "I propose this match." Um, and even in Israel today, if you ever you know people going in throughout Israel and they staying in a hotel, especially some of the bigger hotels, you, particularly in Jerusalem, you see this, is that these religious couples will be sitting there uh, in the hotel lobbies oh, and yeah. that's where they meet. This. That's their date. Yeah. And they do it in this public place where they can't be tempted mm-hmm. or they do anything illicit. And they just talk and get to know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, we, we wanted to do something like that. Like, how can you talk? Obviously, if you're just talking on Zoom or talking on the phone, uh, it's, you know, you just get to know somebody and then you want to meet. And obviously, we would encourage you to have safe, good practices. Like, you <laughs> should course. be in public space. There's something very good about this. Stranger you know, danger. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh, we So, the idea is that somebody is there who uh, knows two people. Right. Um, yeah, it's certainly possible you can meet somebody without a matchmaker. Uh, but given the way, as you said, Jacob, that we are in dispersed, yeah. it's difficult. I mean, even yeah. said, listen to the different places that we've already listed on this podcast. You know, I'm originally from California. I moved all over. You've moved. <laughs> oh, you yeah. know, Stephanie, like we move. Oh, and so where do we, how do we meet yes. somebody? It's not like, <laughs> you know, way back when where you stayed in your village for generations and generations. Ooh, now right, we right. have, yeah. so someone's got to help bridge as people go out all over the place. And so, and more than ever, I think that we, it's, it's, it's really great to have a service where people can go to and say, I'd like to meet somebody. Okay. Tell us about yourself mm-hmm. and let us get to know you um, so that we can, maybe we'll meet somebody who, who will really be a good match for you and let us introduce you to them. So do you just do the match make, or are there like adjunct, services like you know i i um i did i was a, a pastor i did weddings and stuff and we would do like premarital counseling um and you know post post-marital counseling like you know i mean what what happens if you if you match a couple and you know three months later they just despise each other um but they're already <laughs> married you know like it, uh, these these sort of visceral realities of human relationships do you do you um sort of branch out from the actual match and and provide like support yeah that's a good question um currently we don't uh mm-hmm. we encourage people uh to go to their congregational leaders um you know and it's something that right. we've been we've been figuring it out frankly as we go along is that really people should be talking we should get a letter of support from a congregational leader Mm. For a couple of reasons, one is that they would support this idea, and two, they would advocate. They would they would say that they're ready. You know, when before my wife and I got married, we we would meet with our rabbi and his wife on a weekly basis, 
and the per and I would do it so individually um, and get there okay you know go through these rigorous almost tests when I first moved there like okay who are you why do you want to take our uh, spiritual daughter and uh, so I had to prove myself and you know get their blessing same with her father yeah. so with these people is that we really just make the match and we'd like to be the you know this blessing to people but running a congregation having a marriage four kids uh, we our time is limited you're just a little yeah. busy a little bit, yeah. You know, <laughs> then there's bit. sleep, and then there's play, all that stuff. Oh, there's sleep. Wait, when are yeah, you getting sleep? Yeah, there's that. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, so we we try to, you know, if people have, we've done it some in the past, but we're now more and more saying, listen, if something comes up, talk with your uh, congregational leader, mm -hmm. somebody, an elder, uh, who can guide you through this. But yeah, we're really just serving as the uh, the bridge. That makes a lot of sense. It does, and I'm really glad to hear that that you're encouraging that sort of reliance on a congregational authority and leadership uh, um, congregations are, are really important. Oh, and for sure. I mean, even for ourselves, we wouldn't, we first, we wouldn't have gotten married without congregational uh, support and blessing. Mm -hmm. And two, to continue to be married, it's hard. Yes. Yeah. And oh, yeah. you need, you need a <laughs> community and older people right. who've been married a lot longer and know what they're, and they've, they've, they're successful to, to, to help you go through this and 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 even friends who are also in the same throes of things how do you support one another and you know with their kids like sometimes okay you come over and bring your kids and we'll let them run around and so that we can hang out yeah <laughs> if we didn't have a community I, it's it's i don't know how people do it to be honest i don't either yeah no program no organization can really take the place of a community so i'm glad to hear that you're you're conjoining those two things Become an FFOZ friend today and join First Fruits of Zion in restoring the original faith and message of the Jewish Jesus. Sign up now at ffoz.org friends. Centuries of misunderstanding about the Torah, the Jewish people, and the Jewishness of the New Testament obscured the real good news message of the kingdom. Today, a prophetic resurgence of faith is breaking out and FFOZ friends are at the forefront of this restoration. Become a friend today at ffoz.org slash friends. Why aren't we reverting when we consider bringing matchmaking back into the equation? If people were getting married as much as they wanted to be, we wouldn't be needed. I think the fact that there are a lot of single people and people are getting married much later, uh, and I think a lot of the reason is because they just can't find anybody. I mean, and it, you got to ask the question, if the system that you're using isn't working the way you want it to, you need a new system. Yes. yes. Um, so we're providing, there are a lot of websites, if they were working that well, then they wouldn't come to us. Mm -hmm. it's, not it's not completely this way, but this is a lot of truth to this. Like how many, you know, you, it's typically, you, you have a slight majority of women, although we have a good amount of men. Sure. And they're looking. They're looking for somebody, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll even put a, a little guilt trip on the guys. Like, you know, guys need to step it up and like Amen. get yourself ready and be, be a man. <laughs> go, uh, you know, uh, find that right woman and and become, you know, do what it takes to become a good husband. Um, so it's it, they're looking for it, and we want to help uh, make that possible. And again, I think it goes back to the fact that people are so spread out. People move for work, mm -hmm. um, even making aliyah. 
They go there and like, okay, I got to find somebody. We want to make that a reality. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're absolutely right about that. There's, um, I think maybe in our culture today, there's, I forget how many dating apps there are, but it's in the hundreds, okay? Wow. Ways, avenues of of finding a match, finding a date, so to speak, depending on what your actual desire is there and what your intentions are. <laughs> but um, yeah. mm-hmm. I remember, I mean, when I was single, I, I did use the apps just to try and, and meet people because... I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to meet people, like we were saying, um, especially as a Messianic Jew. And so you kind of just take what you can get. But my roommate and I, I think maybe it's a quantity over quality thing now in our culture when it comes to that, because there's so many options now of how to meet people virtually. And my roommate and I actually had like templates ready after every date to like let people down easy because it was just like you're constantly going <laughs> over text because you're constantly going out for coffee with these people. And it's like, okay, I got like three this weekend to meet these people. Okay, all duds. How do we how do we get past this? So I think, yeah, I think you're absolutely you cast right. that net pretty wide. Well, you huh? know, when you're when you're 33 <laughs> and you're just like hanging out. <laughs> And nothing's happening. And you have moved everywhere. And now we're really getting into my own personal history. But the point is, (laughs) as we're evolving as a society and all these options are available, you don't think we're not reverting by going back to matchmaking because it really is, I think, a quality over quantity issue. Absolutely. I think also the the society has sold this uh, uh, not the greatest good and thinking, oh, you just, you know, free love and I mean, I guess that works if you're not looking for marriage and not looking for something right. solid and not looking right. for a good family and not looking for a solid community. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to make messianic Tinder, yeah, fine. But right. that's not what we're looking for. <laughs> yeah. we're looking no, it definitely for isn't. Good marriage. We're looking for success. We're looking for, you know, what's going to build a solid family, what's going to represent God and be filled with God. You know, this is what's worked. And it's it, the community should be looking out for the community. And uh, that's what we're trying to do firmly believe it messianic judaism is sort of a niche community but i it it feels like everybody is finding it sort of hard like i read an article the other day about the decline of the third space which is Mm. um you know so you have like home and the people you live with if you're single are probably not marriage candidates because they're like you're related to them and then there's work and then and then there used to be like a bunch of other places that people would go like the grange hall or whatever like there were these third spaces these community like (laughs) whether it's yeah and and like the only ones left Mm -hmm. are like the church or the synagogue or something like that and i don't know i just feel like it's hard for everybody to to get out there like where do you go like where are the people i have no idea where everybody is everyone's at home on zoom or like whatever like especially recently yeah mm-hmm. yeah the pandemic i feel like just made it worse but it definitely did like you do you, you get where i'm coming from like i feel like we're all just a little bit oh, more sure. distant from each other am i the only one who's feeling this no, no I, I completely agree with you which i think also it it purports the the, the importance of uh, a community and then how this service to can bridge people that is not, yeah, we do meet you through Zoom, but it's personal. And then mm-hmm. we meet other people and, you know, and you're setting up people for a very important conversation. Um, it's not just, oh, let's go on to, you know, Google Meets or whatever it's called yeah. and, and talk about something at work. Um, but 
I mean, I guess in a way, you know, even as work is trying to redefine itself and to be more proficient, uh, that we're doing the same. Like, let's meet somebody and talk. And this is not just something casual and goof around like, oh, we've been together for 12 years and now we're going to get married. Like, what were you doing for 12 years? Yeah. You didn't know? 12 you know? <laughs> like, now it's like, no, you want to get to know you. said, so could we potentially get married? Yeah. Exactly. And that's, I think, is, uh, you know, that's one of the nicer things because I think it's people have also just taken it so casually. I had parts like, we were new, honestly, we knew we wanted to get married, my wife and I, in the first date. There was a lot wow. of things that we had to do to to, to happen, hmm. and then once we got married, it was it was two years later because I like I said I moved and I had to establish myself, improve myself. Hmm. But once we got married, like okay, let's have kids because what yeah. else do we need yeah. to do? Yeah. Right. You know, like, like we waited six years to have kids. I'm like for what? <laughs> How many shows can you binge watch yeah. until you have kids? You know, <laughs> like that's a very good point. <laughs> Thomas says build build a house and plant a vineyard and then find a wife, right? So I mean, there are there may be some there may be some things people need to get. Uh, people were getting yeah, married at like course. fourteen then, though. You know, so I mean, <laughs> that's you had right. a little yeah. extra time to plant that vineyard, build a house, all the things. But <laughs> I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of like. You know, a twenty-three-year-old um, mm-hmm. who who's, has no idea how to meet somebody. Turn back that clock, huh, Jacob? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like at that age, I would have just been like terrified, right? So, um, right. like even for like a Zoom thing, maybe like especially for a Zoom thing, it's, just, it's like you know, I would be so afraid that I would say something stupid or like I would. Oh. So, do you like do you like coach people? Do you like help people like sort oh. of? improve themselves and like make a good first impression or that's a great question. You just like take, take, take people out of yeah, that's a good that's a good point um <laughs> during the interview process uh, my wife uh, she's uh, like i said she's from new york so she's very of forward course. oh yeah um <laughs> and uh, she'll you know tell people as it is mm-hmm. and uh you know i think she she'll give people some notes i think the nice thing is though is that in these conversations you're both in the same boat mm. Um, you know, it's not like one guy's like, I need to get married. And the other one says, I just want to go on a date. No, you're both in there to get married. Right. Um, and so I think there's, there's that comfort. Uh, we, you know, we, we say a few things to people. We've had some people come to us and, you know, like they said, oh, this person said this to me. And I'm like, well, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Hmm. And then the further we talk with them, they're like, well, I think there's something else involved. Like, okay, well, I understand Hmm. that. Again, go to. Your congregational leader, and I think they should be apprised of what's happening. Um, they can help too. Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, I think there's, you know, like you're saying, Jacob, is that some people are just, they are really socially awkward because our social skills are not what they once used to be. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it does it does need a little bit of help. So, yeah, I think when we get to know people, we can encourage them how to talk and that's good. That's a that's a great idea. Yeah. I should have like a YouTube tutorial, like how how to have a successful Zoom date. Oh my god! How to how to how to not bomb your first yeah, Zoom yeah. date. True. You don't have that the like kind of the 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 breathing room of when you go out to a meal. You know, like oh here's dinner. Like how's your food? Oh, it's just nice. Like you have no buffer. Yeah. No, it's right. just no. you and me. <laughs> oh, you'd be surprised though. Definitely had some completely silent dinner dates oh, in my past. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's terrifying. It is terrifying. I heard something the other day on another podcast about how people are getting married later. 
So the average age, and I'm going to screw up these statistics, but the average age I think used to be 26 or something. And now it's, uh, I think, 28 for women and 31 for men or something like that. And then waiting longer to have kids. And apparently somewhere in the pretty high percentages, over 50% of males um, between certain ages these days are single and we're just trying to figure out, people are trying to figure out why. So I'm just curious, Rabbi Aaron, if you have an opinion as to why that might be. I think I was married, I was 31. Mm-hmm. I just I was about to turn 31, um, you know, the next month. But I think going back, Jacob, what you were saying too, that third space is like people don't have the opportunity mm. to meet people as much. And I think there's also just this drivenness of like, I got to work and I got to make a lot of money so I can oh, yeah. provide. And like, you know what? Grind yeah. my, my rabbi in New York used to say, God provides, especially, you know, it's different for people, I think, in the kingdom is because God provides grace for the different seasons we're in. We think, oh, if I have it all together, then it'll work. Like, I think first and foremost, yes, you do need to be responsible, but we need to be people of prayer and fasting mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. seeking mentorship and advice godly wisdom it's like is this something you really should be pursuing because i mean look in my 20s people think the 20s is the best like well i did travel <laughs> I, I i moved to israel mm-hmm. sure I, I went all over the world and it was great but it the, a, a, almost every night it was like i want to have a family i want where's my yeah. wife i want to have kids mm-hmm. you know mm. i think there's because it's ingrained in before there was sin there was family mm. Um, oh wow! Yeah, and uh, That's a good point. you know, it's it's part of who we are as people, and at the end, it's you know, it's Yeshua returns to Jerusalem and and brings the f- the family of God together, and like hmm. this is this is what it's about, and I think his work is great and it's fun, but I mean, even as I experience as you know a congregational leader, it my family is my they're my first disciples, hmm. so mm-hmm. it's it's I, it has to be the priority. I mean, and. I would encourage anybody listening if you you know get discipled, yeah, so that you can be ready for marriage. So let's get a little slightly more granular here because I'm sort of interested because you talk about like people not algorithms, right? But um, so but that makes me wonder like, do you have, you know, like a pre-flight checklist or something that you run through? Like, is there is there like specific stuff that you look for, or is it just sort of like a vibe? Like I sort of just have like a feeling that these people would <laughs> um, be good together. Oh, when we're trying to match people, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we we ask, we have a you know, everyone fills out a similar profile, and then we have some questions we ask people um, as we're doing the interview, um, and then my wife fills it out, and yeah. they fill out some of it too. Well, you don't want to give away the secret sauce. Like, what are, what are some of the <laughs> right. what do you look for? It's just it's just ketchup and mayonnaise, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> little pickles in it so someone logs on right they make a they make a profile on your site is that how that works they make up they fill out a few questions um and then so there's not like it's not like um i don't know e-harmony where like you can see everybody at one time okay so this is a private no one knows nothing they make an account and only you and, and brooke can see it and then okay so then we set up an interview they send us a picture of themselves and then she has some leading questions you know, tell me about your your journey of faith. Tell me about your Jewishness. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your vision for life. Tell me about the things you like to do, family, etc. Mm. And then as she goes through the interview. She has these questions, looking like, "Oh, tell me more about this." And how are you? What's your spiritual life like? And you know, what's your, how are you in the congregation? And get real personal, right? Um, and she'll, you know, if she wants 
needs to tell you like it is, she will. Um, <laughs> but I, honestly, when it then comes to when we have the people in front of us, um, look at I look at pictures, I go through the interviews, and I think, you know what? Just like you would with somebody else, when you're matching a friend up, you don't think, let me go through this. Right. Like, this could be a good couple. Right, exactly. And I say, hey, would you want to meet that person? Like I said, okay. And then would you want to meet that person? Okay, once I get an agreement, here's your introductory letter. Here are their phone numbers. Um, we have some rules too for that. Like uh, he na- he needs to make the first move. Oh, it needs to happen good. within a week. Wow. Um, we will follow up with you and uh, and then let them go th- with it. Oh. We, we stay on top of people. Like how's it going? Sure. Tell us what's happening. So it's honestly, it's it, even though we do all this work, a lot of it is still just, mm-hmm. I think they could be a nice couple. Oh, yeah. Because that's, you know, I that's when I, when I was, our friend introduced my wife uh, to me. Is he was listening to her talk, and, and all of a sudden he just thought of me. Hmm. And so it's just like, oh, this could be a good match. Yeah, exactly. And uh, well, there's only so much you can put on paper. Nothing quite exactly. replaces. You know, you are looking for an emotional connection with someone. Hopefully, so it needs to be based on more than just stats. Mm-hmm. Well, so, yeah. so is there anything more to the process? Like, what happens if it's just not a match? They'll tell us, or as we follow up, it's like, hey, how's it going? Well, I realize, you know, that this isn't working out, or somebody. There were in different stages of life. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. there is that there is that reality of one guy. We have people who are single, and other people who are divorced. Mm-hmm. Some people have no kids. Some people do have kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, one guy we know he wants to move to Israel in the next five years. Another one says, no, I can't leave the country. Mm-hmm. So there are these unfortunate realities. Sometimes people are like, well, I connected really well with that person, but we just didn't have that spark. Yeah. I'm like, okay, what can I, you know, I get it. You can have all the things on paper that could look good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, you really do have to have that connection. And without the magic, so to speak, can people still have a successful relationship and a loving, affectionate relationship? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about all these marriages that are out there that maybe they were set up by somebody even again, maybe possibly against their will, but I think you can still learn to love the person and mm-hmm. um, have a wonderful marriage. I think there's the, you know, the, the extreme opposite is, oh, we love each other and all the time. Like, yeah, right. well, when you're changing diapers and you slept three hours <laughs> exactly. and you got to go to work, like there's not a lot of love in the room. Nope, there is. It's just, you, you do it because... There is that part of God who also says, if you make a covenant, you honor it and God will bless it. Yes, yes. And you learn, and oftentimes it's just that you need to be healed and transformed and redeemed and sanctified Mm. more to make it work. Um, And that happiness is not the uh, ultimate goal of all of life. Yes, Um, correct. But that it's that we want to uh, love and lay down our lives for one another and and seek the other's benefit and to do so to honor God. I mean, there are a lot of things that go in there that are a lot larger than our own contentment. So I think when people can have a great marriage, the more you invest in it, Hmm. uh, you find that it's it's more rewarding. Firmly, firmly believe that. Each of us is stamped with with Hashem's image, right? So I've always -hmm. always felt like in some corner of my being that that uh, pretty much any two people, if they work on themselves, could could like make it could make it work but because like any two people do have to work on themselves like i'm not sure i've ever met a couple that was just like oh we you know two puzzle pieces that just fit together seamlessly Mm. it's always like you know you talk about people waiting until their 30s to get married and i'm and it's like i i felt like i sort of had it together before i got married and then i got married and realized (laughs) that i was a child right 
like I had never grown up. <laughs> and there's like this whole stage of spiritual development and spiritual growth that's very difficult to access if you if you never have to go through that process of like figuring out that you you're <laughs> like how to live with somebody right like yeah, how it's exactly. just how like you're talking about the self-sacrificial love and and like um you know, all these hard decisions that you have to make every day um to, to to like make life easier for your spouse and like choose to choose them over yourselves and like yeah I, you know even going back to the whole spark thing i we agree that my wife and i we had that ability to look into each other and be connected there so that when we went through all the 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 challenge of being mm. discipled and court in our courtship that we went back and say you know what god did something there and so let's worth working um for it yeah and you know it's yeah even if you and we didn't have that spark i, mean, I don't know if this was our case i'm sure not everybody does have that but you find god will give you what you need to make it a success mm. and um it's it's not easy no no i mean i'll tell you though after we Certainly, more than ever, uh, I, I see now after being almost married eleven years, it, it's I, I love our marriage. We have a great marriage because we work hard. Mm. Sure, of course. And we, you know, it's just it's always a work in progress. But it's you know where we are now. It's it's great. We just we have we have really have a great friendship. You know, within within it. And that's very important. Yeah. Okay, so you have this you have this program set up and. Um, you're obviously encouraging people to to join and to you want to make more matches. What are your goals? What do you hope? I mean, other than just the the obvious, you want to get people married. What what do you hope is going to be the greater the long term impact on the Messianic Jewish community as a whole? Well, I I think it was Rabbi Stuart Darman who said, you know, you're Jewish because your parents made a choice. Mm. And um, and I want to see that. I want to see that there be a next generation of uh, Messianic Jewish uh, people. Yes. Uh, yes. That, you know, is a continuation to of our people uh, as a nation. Um, also for a, a testimony to, you know, when Yeshua returns, that they're actually still Messianic <laughs> Jewish people and not just a concept. Love that. Uh, to to that. the church world that, you know, this is something legitimate and, right. you know, it's not just an idea, it's a, not, but that this is actually a thriving community. Amen. And so that that's what I really want to see. Well, this program has been a long time coming. And as we've said, and I know, I know it will serve as a real blessing to the Messianic Jewish community. So... Tell us, Rabbi Aaron, who qualifies for your service and how can they get in touch with you if they're interested? Yeah, uh, currently we are serving uh, those who are born Jewish um, to come and who are followers of Yeshua. Uh, you can be in the church world or the Messianic Jewish world. Mm-hmm. Um, go to www.themessianicmatchmaker.com, themessianicmatchmaker.com. Simple, you sign up. Um, there's a, a nominal registration fee just to cover expenses. We're not in it to uh, mm-hmm. make tons of cash. And um, let us get to know you. Let us help you. Let us, it doesn't matter what network you're part of. Uh, we just, we want to help the children of Abraham uh, find matches and reproduce so that our nation can continue, not just as a people, but also those who are in the kingdom of God through Yeshua. 
So that's the best way we can get to know you and help you. Well, thank you. Thank you, Rabbi Aaron, for for joining us and for telling us about your wonderful ministry and the work you're doing. And we're excited to see how it impacts the community for the kingdom and all of the above. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Well, thanks so much for having me. This was great. Thanks for uh, giving us uh, this big shout out. All right. TheMessianicMatchmaker.com. Until next time, I'm Stephanie Hammond. And I'm Jacob Franzak. And this has been Messiah Podcast. Don't forget to follow us and share episodes with all your friends and family. Tune in next time. And until then, shalom. Shalom. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Messiah Podcast, where Jesus is Jewish and that changes everything. This podcast is brought to you by First Fruits of Zion and is an extension of Messiah Magazine. Subscribe for free at messiahmagazine.org. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review along with a five-star rating wherever you're listening now. Today's podcast was produced by myself, Stephanie Hammond, and co-hosted with Jacob Franzak. Our executive producer is Boaz Michael, and the editor-in-chief is Daniel Lancaster. This episode was directed and edited by Jeremy Schoenwald. Original music was written and performed by Joshua Aaron. The show notes for Messiah Podcast were edited by Candy Bishop and are available at messiahpodcast.org. If you're interested in learning more about the Bible from a Messianic Jewish perspective, check out Torah Club, which is an international network of small study groups who meet weekly to discuss the Bible together from a Messianic Jewish perspective. To start a club or join a club, go to TorahClub.org. Until next time, Shalom.